Haggai chapter 2. When you get to the book of Haggai, you're in the, the last of the Old Testament. These last three books of the Old Testament are from the three restoration prophets. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. And God has given a message to the children of Israel right here. And you got to remember why they're there. How many of you in your life, you failed God? You felt like things were over? When you got back to God, uh, you looked back and saw your life was in devastation. Things have been destroyed. And you sit and wonder, how can God do anything through me? How can God take my broken vessel and make it new? How can God use me again? Uh, if you've never been there, praise God, you ought to shout the glory that you've never been there. But you've ever walked to your selfish flesh one time and you failed God and you come running back and in the midst of running back and getting to the cross, had them thoughts, God, will you ever use me again? God, will you ever touch me again? That's where Israel is right here in Haggai chapter 2. Now, you've got to remember, uh, they have been in captivity and exile for 70 years in Babylon. And that's because they fell into idolatry. They failed God. They failed to walk with God. And God put them into exile and captivity. Deuteronomy 28. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even to the other. And there shalt thou serve other gods which neither thou nor our fathers have known, even wood and stone. Israel's been captive for 70 years in Babylon. And it was while there in Babylon that Daniel, when Darius was king of the Medes and Persians, Daniel in uh, Daniel chapter 9 saw the vision from God for the latter days and the prophecy. Daniel saw the 70 weeks in Daniel chapter 9. Uh, he saw the 70 weeks of seven years. There would be seven years of restoration and then that, that would be one week. And then there would be the 32 weeks, uh, or excuse me, there would be the 38 weeks from the coming of the restoration to the coming of Christ. And then there would be one final week of seven years, and we're about to see it. So we're going to be gone, and we're going to watch from the heavenlies. Amen. And that one final week is the time of the revelation and the tribulation. So there are the 70 weeks of seven right there. That, that Daniel saw. But when you get to Haggai, now the children of Israel have been delivered. The exiles have come back from captivity. They have marched back to their land. And when they get back, the temple has been devastated and destroyed. Temple's been torn down. God's house has been destroyed. Uh, the exiles are delivered. The temple's destroyed. The people are devastated. Their hearts are tender. Their hearts are delicate, and they come back to a land that has to be rebuilt, and God's going to give them a message to rebuild their city, rebuild the temple. And God's going to let them know, hallelujah, I'll just quote a famous preacher that I love real good, failure is not final with the Father. Thank God their failure, they missed God, they went into exile, and of course the children of Israel did that over and over. They failed God, they went into captivity, they got right with God, God delivered them. Uh, they walked into glory and then they failed God and they went back into captivity and they walked in darkness and then they got right with God. And that's just a great picture of what we do as the children of God. You know, we fail God, we get down, we run to the cross, we get right, we live for God and then we fail to walk with God one day and we fall to the flesh and here we go. It's just a cycle. Children of Israel taught us well. Here they are, they've returned to a devastated land, to a destroyed temple. 
Their hearts are delicate. The people are discouraged. And God's going to speak through Haggai to the children of Israel, this restoration prophet, and give them a message. Haggai chapter 2, verse number 4. Here's the theme that we've been keying on, so let me give you some thoughts tonight from the Word of God. Haggai 2, 4. Yet now, help me church, yet now... Be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek. we got a few of you. Let's see if we can get everybody this time. Uh, be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Underline that four-word phrase, I am with you. Verse 5, according to the word that I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, underline this phrase, fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once, it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house, say it church, with glory, saith the Lord of hosts, verse 9. Do not get carried away like your Pentecostal grandma. Verse 9. The glory of this latter house. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) It's been devastating. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just going about to enjoy this right here. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. God is sending his people a message three times in verse number four. He says to them, be strong. There is a work to do. I know you've returned from a a devastated country. You've returned to a devastated land. You failed me. I know you missed me. I know you walked in idolatry. I know what I did putting you in exile. But I still have something for you. God says your failure is not final. I have a work for you. Be strong. Now, if God says it one time, it's pretty important. Here in this verse, verse number four, brother John, God God says it three times. Uh, now, in our Sunday school class, we made a little ring. The phrase, be strong, is found in 34 verses in the Word of God. There's one for every day of the month. And so we, Brother Barry and I and my wife, we made up a little ring with the 31 of the verses on it. And we're encouraging our class to go through it. Because if God says it once, you ought to pay attention. If God says it twice, you ought to pay double attention. If God decides to say it 34 times in the Bible, it must be pretty important to God that His people... Be strong because God has a work for us to do. You say, well, Brother Tom, how are we supposed to be strong in this day? Look around, Brother Tom. Don't you see what COVID did in the last three years to the church? Oh, yeah, I see it. I see it very well. Our staff sees it. You see it. I'm I'm doing my best, Brother Shane. I'm doing my best to make calls and say, hey, you sing in the choir? You like to sing? Come get in the choir. Brother Joe, I remember before COVID came, man, the the choir was almost full, 80-plus members. And I understand what COVID did to the church. And, And let me say this. 
COVID did not bother the sports world. COVID did not bother the entertainment world. COVID did not bother Macy's or Rich's or Penny's or Walmart or Sam's. The devil well knew what he was doing to the church when he put COVID upon the land. Brother Tom, don't you see what COVID's done? The church is downcast. The church has been devastated. God's people are discouraged. Yes, we see it. But let me say tonight, church, be strong. God has a work for you. God has something for you to accomplish. God has something for Harvest Baptist Tabernacle to accomplish. There's a work for us to do. And God says to be strong. Well, how are you going to do it, Brother Tom? It's right there in the passage. Right there in the passage, I told you another line, a few phrases. Let's get through them and we'll go eat and fellowship and have a good time and enjoy the week. Number one, how am I going to be strong and do the work God has for me? Number one, realize I can be strong because I have the presence of God. Verse number four, Jesus said, Jesus said, be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord, and work for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. You can be strong because you have the presence of God. I'm talking about the presence of one who blesses beyond measure. Genesis 26, 24. And the Lord appeared unto him in the, night, uh, the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bless thee and multiply thy seed. You have the, the presence of the one who blesses beyond measure. And I just want to say tonight, church, this man right here is blessed way beyond what he deserves. I have the presence of the one who blesses beyond measure. You have the presence of the one who walks with you and braces you through every storm. Isaiah 41, 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You have God's presence. You say, I don't feel that all the time, Brother Tom. I don't either. But whether you feel him or not, you can faith it. He's there. Feel it or not, faith it, he's there. The presence of the Almighty. We're talking about the presence of the one that said, uh, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what the next verse is in Hebrews 13? So that we may say, the Lord is my helper. Brother Gus, he said, he said, I will never leave thee so that we may say, the Lord is my helper. Now, if you're an English teacher, Brother Wade, I don't know where he is, he's hiding smoking. But if you're an English teacher, and if you're an English teacher and you were writing, you it should have said, it should have said, but Tom Allen didn't write it. God did. It should have said so that we may say the Lord is our helper. But God's writing here and God wants you to know that his presence is personal. So that we may say the Lord is my helper. You can be strong because you have God's presence. Number two, you can be strong because you have God's peace. Verse number five, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. What's the phrase? Fear ye not. You have the peace of God. Verse nine, in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. 
He gives a peace that passeth all understanding. That will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Boy, aren't you glad for the peace of God? If you're like me, uh, now if you're like my wife, you can drink your cup of coffee and you can lay it down at 1025. You can pick up your phone and turn to one of them Kindle books and read that little marriage romance novel. And at 1035, after 10 minutes of reading, you can turn your phone off, put it down. And at 1037, you're gone. But I'm not Beth Allen. I am Thomas Edmund Allen, Jr. And Brother Shane, I lay in bed at night while she's over there in Neverland. Amen. My mind goes 50 million places. And I'm thinking, what about this, Lord? And what about this, Lord? And what about this, Lord? And I really appreciate it. At 1.30 in the morning when God finally walks in and says, you done? Great peace have they which love my law. I'll give you peace that passeth all understanding. If you'd have quit thinking and you just started praying, it'd have been better a long time ago. You can be strong because you have the peace of God. You have the peace of God. I found in Psalm 29.11, the Lord will give strength unto his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. The peace of God strengthens me. Psalm 55, 18. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me for there were many with me. His peace delivers me. How about Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. His peace is calming. Uh, Romans 5, 1. Therefore being justified with, by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, his peace is my justification. You can be strong tonight, church, because you have the presence of God. You can be strong tonight because you have the peace of God. Your devastated world is not over. If you have the presence of the Almighty One, you have the peace of the One that passeth all understanding, you can be strong and do a work. Number three, you can be strong tonight because you have his power. Now, I like this verse right here. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 6, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, now get the phrase, And I will shake the heavens and the earth. Let me say if God shakes something, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. That's pretty powerful. Uh seems to me, Brother Shane, that God shook the earth at the Tower of Babel and confounded them. God shook the earth with a flood. God shook the earth at his death and graves were open and they walked out alive. And one of these days he's going to shake the earth again in great judgment. We have a work to do, and we can be strong because, Brother Nick, we have the power of God on our side. I'm talking about the power of the one who spoke every word and created it all. I'm talking about the power of the one who is able to cover this earth with water and then recede it and carve out the valleys and heap up the mountains and lay lay this earth in a balance and spin it on its axis, Brother Joe, and it's never left that spot. It's, it's gone around the sun every year like it ought to. It's orbited and just spun in balance. Never had an issue. 
Uh, some of you boys that are like me like basketball. Any, any of you boys like basketball in here? You ever tried to spin a basketball? Go to Walmart, get one of them four ninety nine basketballs and try to spin it. You can't do it because it's no good. It's just a piece of rubber that's been inflated. It has no balance. Brother Shane, you go get one of them good NFHS balls that's well balanced and it's been inflated properly. And you put that on. Son, you can spin that sucker all day. It's got balance. Talking about the power, Brother Shane, of the one that laid this earth in a balance with mountains and valleys. Brother Gussie had it all planned out. We're talking about the one that had power over disease in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came off of his teaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, walked down through the valley out of the mountain, Brother Shane, there come a leper to Jesus. That leper didn't bother him one bit walking up to him. Had the power over disease. John chapter 11 had the power over death. Uh, Mark chapter 5 had the power over demons. Uh, Matthew 21 had power over his divine creation. When he stood at the stern of the ship and said, Peace, be still. Now, whether you agree with me or not, when you get to heaven, you'll find out I'm right. Jesus came to the disciples uh, twice with the disciples in the storm on the Sea of Galilee, once on the boat and once on the water. And in Mark chapter 5, the Bible said the boat was now full. And Jesus was sleeping. So don't miss it. Jesus has slept on it and he's walked on it and he still conquered it all. I'm talking about the power of the one that has control over all his divine creation. I'm talking about the one, Brother Nick, that said to a fig tree, die. You're worthless. I would have liked to be in with the disciples that next day. Can you see Thomas? Can you see Thomas? Hey, boys, we had a good time with Jesus. Everything's cool. Hey, Jesus did some good tea. I don't believe it. Look there, Peter. Look, look. Jesus told that thing yesterday to die. Look, look, it's dead. I don't believe it. All he had to do, all he had to do was say it. Brother Earl, all he had to do was say one word. Man, if, if, if Jesus can say one word and kill a fig tree that he created to have life, don't you think he has all power in your life? Be strong. You have the presence of God. You have the peace of God. You have the power of God. Number four, we'll go home. You have the promise of God. Verse seven. I will shake all nations. The desire of all nations shall come. Here's the promise. And I will fill this house with glory. Verse 9, and the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the first. Listen to me, children. Listen to me. Here's the promise of God. Failure is not final. It's not over in your life. Just because you missed it, just because you messed up, you flubbed the dub, you feel like you're done and you're at the end. God is not done working. God says, I will take your nothing and everything that you've messed up and I will make it better and greater, hallelujah, than it was. 
You say, Brother Tom, is that what you're looking for? You better believe that's what I'm looking for. I am looking for God at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle to take some people that want to do a work and be strong and make it greater than it was. Brother Tom, all you want is numbers. You just want a lot of people to say our church runs 500. Well, that's 500 souls we're touching. Well, little's much if God is in it. That's if God's in it. And if God ain't in it, little ain't much. But can I be quite honest with y'all? Brother John, I would, I've been where little is much. My dad pastored a church about 100 all his life. Not many more than that. 150. And little was great. But I'm just going to be honest with y'all. In this day, when there are souls to reach, I would like for God to be in much and us touch many. There's a work to do. God is not through. You have been given the promise of God. I will make this thing greater. I'll pour out my glory. And wouldn't you like to see God pour out His glory one more time on the church? Wouldn't you like to see God touch us and anoint us one more time? Man, we'd reach thousands in our area. Uh, Visitors walk in every Sunday. God help us to pray. God send the glory. God send the power. God send the drawing power of God. Draw men and women, boys and girls to the cross. May they find redemption. God fill this place one more time with the glory of God. Church, let's be strong. You have the power of God. You have the presence of God. We have the peace of God and we have the promise of God. Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We have the prominence of the preeminent one. And let me say, he's preeminent in his mercy. He's preeminent in his endurance. He's preeminent in his compassion. He's preeminent, preeminent uh, in his ability. He's preeminent in his strength and his omnipotence. He's so preeminent, he's the only one that can meet his own demand for sin and salvation. That's the God we serve. Be strong. There's a work to do. God has something for Harvest Baptist Tabernacle to get done in this day. And And let me say, it's not just up to the staff to get it done. It's up to us, the body of Christ, Brother John. It's up to the believers of God to get together, be strong. If it had just been Zerubbabel, the governor, that God was speaking to in verse 4, if it had just been the priests, they'd have had a serious work to do. But it wasn't just the governor of the land. It wasn't just the priest. God said, be strong, all ye people. Church, there's a work to be done. Be strong. Your life is not over. Your failure is not final. God has a work. Be strong. You can be strong because you have the presence of God. Nobody's with me. You have the peace of God. You have the power of God. You have the promise of God. Finish the work. Ask God to pour his glory on it. There was a young man. May 2nd, 1918, at the age of 14... Ted stood with a bunch of scouts, nine other scouts, on the stage of Springfield Municipal Auditorium. Ted stood with his scouts and with the scout leaders as former President Theodore Roosevelt walked down the line, one by one, presenting medals to each of the scouts. But when he got to the end to Ted, he was out of medals. 
And Theodore Roosevelt looked at the scoutmaster and said, what is this little boy doing here? And they scurried Ted off the platform. Brother Gus, it so devastated Ted that for years he could not stand in front of people and speak. But Ted finally came to a point in his life where he found victory. And Ted decided, if I can't stand in front of people and speak, I'll see if I can bless people by my writing. So Ted began to write books. Book after book, he began to write story after story till one day Joseph, a company picked up his books and started printing them. So good were his books that one of his books became a mini Christmas film, which eventually became a major Christmas movie and was released by a major film developer. Devastated as a young man, torn apart, said, I'll never make it in life. Can't even stand in front of people and speak anymore. Ted decided to be an overcomer. Ted began to write. His books are all across the country. Matter of fact, most kids really love them. For Ted wrote thoughts like, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam, I am. And the world notes Ted Giesel as Dr. Seuss. Your devastated life is not final. Your world is not over. Church, be strong. Finish the work. God has something for us to do today. Father, thank you for the time with your people.